welcome to the Arkansas Link Show, everybody. Very excited for today. This is uh, this is sort of unlike any episode. Daniel, how is this unlike any episode that that we've ever done here? Um, well, first, it's the first time it's we. Yes. I just used a we. Yeah, there we go. Um, I'm not in the golf business. You're not. Um, no, I'm not really affiliated with golf. I'm just an enthusiast. I think. Um, I know you've had enthusiasts. I think everyone on here is probably pretty enthusiastic about golf, but also probably in the golf business in some way or another. If you're listening, you're wondering why, why is he on the podcast? I'm an outsider. I'm a disruptor. (laughs) (laughs) The truth is, is my, I feel like my microphone is all right, but, um, yeah, I think, you know, we've been friends for a long time. And so if you're listening and you're wondering how did Daniel get on the podcast, it's, it's basically like if we're friends long enough, you just click over. I'm just chipping away at him. I've been asking forever. I, <laughs> I don't think he really expected. I, I sort of came over like offering coffee. Yeah. It, <laughs> it was like for, there was a lot of gifts involved. There's a gift basket. that. Then just so you know, if you want to get on the pod. He is for sale. <laughs> he is for sale. I think you, you may already realize why Daniel Libman is on the podcast. Uh, if I can, I think, you know, a, a lot of the podcast guests that are on the show are somehow involved in bringing golf to people, whether that's as a teacher or a, you know, golf course architect or player or writer. Um, you're none of those. You're, you're none of those, but you're, you're, and you're not just a friend of mine that plays golf. Cause I have a lot of friends that play golf. I think there's two things that made me feel like it would be a good conversation for people to listen to. One is that well, first of all, we met in the most purely golf random, I'm obsessed with the game way. Our origin story couldn't be sweeter. <laughs> it's actually, you, you're a writer, you write movies. We, we, we basically have our own cute meet. Yeah, this is, it's a rom-com. Um, I'm on the range at Angeles National. What year is this? Oh, man. What, what driver do I have? <laughs> that, <laughs> that's the way to tell. Is it a? G, it's an early ping G yeah. series, so I don't know what when that puts us. It was loud. I, yeah, it was. Oh yeah, I was making noise over. There. <laughs> I was making plenty of noise it over. It was there no the sim. To, to, to be fair, you play a sim now. Oh yeah, and you're not even that. You you not that that was you. No, got I'm also for I'm also for sale. So if you're listening, <laughs> I'll put it. In, I'll put anything in the bag. <laughs> I'll go to Yonex if the price is right. <laughs> they don't make clubs yet. <laughs> um. And I see this sort of scruffy. <laughs> I've never heard your version of the story. <laughs> almost doesn't belong. <laughs> but but he's got a sweetness behind his eyes. And um, we start chatting. I think we're both cleaning our clubs after we had sort of, you know that thing when you're on the range and you see kind of someone else that's like, and you're kind of eyeing him out of the, you know, right. back of your eye. Kinda, cool. Yeah, that yeah, cool. that guy's cool. He's cool. He could seems he, like he gets it. Could he maybe, maybe <laughs> be in my life? I don't know. Could and he here's the thing: at the time, and still, this is my theory to this day: is like I'm not looking for more friends. Right. I'm not actively looking to make friends. I'm a nice guy, nice enough. You're but married. Yeah, I'm married. I sort of. You've got a friend. My dance card's full. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Can we paint the uh, Angeles National picture for those of us not in Los Angeles? Sure. Uh, this is a Jack Nicholas design at the foothills of the Angeles National Forest. It's the only Nicholas in Southern California, I believe. I believe so. It's fine. <laughs> It's like, fine. It's like fine. it's fine. Like if you want to 
Like it's fine. It's 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 uh, look. It's it's you're tired of playing the sort of L.A. municipal run. Yeah, you're ready to spend a few bucks. It's not cheap. No, um, but it's uh, not crazy expensive though. I think no, it's like it's like it's, it's like a hundreds. little over a hundred on a Saturday. You can get out on a Friday for fifty. Yeah, and if you go golf now, I think you can get it for like forty eight dollars. <laughs> like I don't think they're getting tons of traffic. Um, but it is also one of the only grass ranges in in LA. So the purists know just like you just find people out there practicing the good good short game facility, good practice range. And so. it's a good grass range. There's another grass range at in uh, Woodley, which is more oh, of a yeah. dirt range. That's a yeah, it's that's more like a tin cup. <laughs> You need style. a you needed a face mask at Woodley pre coronavirus. Yeah, they would. <laughs> yes, too dusty, and I think there was armadillos. <laughs> so, so yeah, Angeles was like the known spot, and they had a range key. They still do. They had a range key that you could like. Yes, it was like a what was it like a membership to the range or yeah. something? Yeah. Oh, I slammed that thing. I would just yeah. max it out. Yeah. And then the problem with the range key is, if you lose it. Oh, yeah. Because you can never be like, hey, I lost my range key. He's like, yeah, get in line, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> there's like 15 guys in the pro shop being like, me too. That's funny. Yeah. But, but, the, but the clasp on the range key was not well made. No, it was bad. The whole system was bad. And uh, I don't it miss still it. May be. It still I may be. I don't miss it. Here's um, the interesting part of the story. I mean, I don't want to fast forward, but we, we, we're talking about Angelus in the past tense. Yeah. It still exists, but you and I, have we, we don't exist in that but place. Our... Our relationship has moved past that, I think, yeah. in in ways in ways that we're flourishing. And, and so, so we're on the range, and we're both basically. It's probably a Saturday morning, hot, yeah. hot morning, ten a.m., nine a.m. A lot of other people are playing golf. We're just there to practice. <laughs> so that tells you a lot about someone. You know, it's yeah. like a lot of people are like hit six balls and go to play. Yeah, we're there like truly grinding. You you know you can eat any golfer who's been playing for a little bit can tell the difference between someone who's only on the range or someone who's getting ready to play and who's there Saturday morning. Like that's the prime <laughs> yep. time to play golf. Everyone's yep. there to play. <laughs> you can't afford to play golf. You probably don't have a girlfriend. Yeah, no. I, yeah. It was dark days. And the other thing is that they've got an amazing, uh, like short game facility there. Like sometimes when I was really low, I wouldn't even hit the range. I would just go chip and just drop some balls. <laughs> Just drop a few, just drop a few scuffers and hit some pitches. <laughs> By the way, you think I didn't do that? I oh, love yeah. that. That That's, was great. I wish we had like a heat map of like who's doing what <laughs> on the course. Also, you know, interesting fact about Angeles National: there was that one tee. There was a separate tee that no one was allowed to for use for Hideki for Hideki Matsuyama. Yeah, for Hideki exclusively. I saw Hideki hitting balls there one day. It was so windy that one of his handlers had to hold his golf bag upright. <laughs> this is not a joke. He couldn't get it to stand up. And the driving range, the reason they built the tee was because the driving range is directly into the wind. Yeah. Uh, and pros don't like that. No. But he didn't care this day and was hitting golf shots into the wind that I can only be that I can only describe as disheartening how good they were how good they were like I was hitting balls that were like ballooning and coming back to my feet and he was like mashing it to the other like, end of the range he had some different tech he, oh I mean he had the whole, what's in the bag today? the whole vibe the whole so, vibe so so I'm sitting there um and I'm cleaning my clubs and Lang comes up and he starts flirting 
And uh, no, we started we started to talk, and you know, it was clear right off the bat we had we were very like minded. We had a lot in common, um, even though we didn't know anyone in common. We it was oh, there were no mutuals. No, it's a compliment. It's like you feel like you know someone, even though you don't. Right. Um, you mean because you both play golf, or because? I think a little bit of it is that, but I think there's just. I don't know whether it's something from a past life or could be what it is. I don't know. So Maybe I, I think, was your caddy in a past life, <laughs> or, I, or I was yours. <laughs> um, no, I think there's just some some kinship that exists with certain folks that you just like someone right off the bat, and there's you know I don't know. Yes, golf I think is a is the great common denominator, um, and. We then made plans to play golf like you would do with any schmuck that you meet. It was Wait, like, we yeah, made, we should play sometime. We literally went out and played golf after this? No, we made, pl- we were like, we exchanged numbers. Okay. And we were like, we should play sometime. And normally it would be like, well, that's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. Because why would it? Um, this is great because I don't actually remember this detail. And then I think this a, is a long time. I think this is like seven years ago, at, at least. This is way before any of my work in golf. Yes, you were not working in golf at all. Yeah, no, you would almost you were relatively new to the game at the time, which I remember. I was so impressed because you definitely had some some ability. I I probably was wearing super baggy thrift store pants, and <laughs> and probably I probably I don't know. It was it. Anyway, so we so we exchanged numbers and we made plans. And Definitely then, like, was before your glow up, <laughs> your glow up and golf. Before I got a trim, yeah. <laughs> um, and then yeah, I, then I remember we went out and we played golf at Angeles one morning. It was very cold, um, but we did it and we had a great time. Was it just the two of us? Did we get paired with two other? I randoms? don't remember that. I don't remember that. Okay. Um, but we actually did it. And that was the, that was the shock of a universe. Cause I was like, <laughs> cause I remember being like telling people like, yeah, I'm going to play golf. They're like, Oh, with who? One of the usual people you play golf with? No, this guy I met. Everyone's <laughs> like, what is going on? I have no verification of this person. Yeah. What is going on? Um, Instagram was barely a thing then. Like the, I don't believe it was like maybe we took a photo. This is like iPhone one or t- maybe three, two. Yeah. This is early. ping G two. Shit. Yeah, this is early. I don't even know. I probably had a, um, my first driver was a burner. I might've had the burner. I don't remember what you were rocking, but it was, it was relatively, it wasn't the problem. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it was relatively like, yeah, you didn't have a clean, it, it was it mid-level. Clean. It wasn't clean. It was, before, yeah. Yeah. So, so let me go play golf and then, and then what do years pass or I think we maybe, I don't remember. Then I saw you at a wedding. Wait, a wedding. Yeah. I saw you at a wedding that I, you were, I was at a, oh, I was in at Ohio. a, yeah. Oh my God. And I think that's when we were like, bro, that was fun when we played golf. Whoa, that's so we crazy. Play again. And I think that's the next time I saw you. That's right. The wedding. See, I don't, the, the wedding doesn't really register to me because that wedding I wasn't invited to. Yeah. You were at the resort <laughs> when there was a very prominent wedding going on. It was probably 90% I, of the resort of the, had, of the resort were guests of the wedding. Yeah. And I was, I was a guest of a guest of yeah. the wedding who I was dating and, and she didn't really, it was so last minute, like the invite to come to the wedding from her was like Friday and yeah. the wedding was on Saturday. And I was like, she said, well, you know, maybe just hang out in the room while the wedding happens and then come to the reception. <laughs> yeah. And then I saw you, I think on the grounds and I was like, what is up, bro? <laughs> 
Oh my God. Yeah, that's right. And then, and then if we can fast forward, yeah, I joined Wilshire. Yes. And thanks to the the woman that I was dating at the time, she said, "Let's join Wilshire." I said, "I, you know, are you aware you're of what hero. that means? <laughs> you're a, you're hero. a hero. Yeah. That and 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 she was like, no problem. And I've talked about this on the podcast before, but." So then my life changed. Yeah. And I was like, I had the first day of joining a member. You brought a me out there for a little bit. Then I, that's jo- right. Then I joined. And, and I, and I knew that you were, uh, trying to join Yeah, and, or going through the process. Yeah. There's no try. There was only do. Yeah. As we know. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. If you have $4, <laughs> they'll take you. <laughs> Actually, it, it, it is an interesting fact that you can join Wilshire as a completely disconnected member. Yeah. Diplomat. You can and, join. And how did take- you join in the end? Um, I worked with a gentleman named Adrian Wenner who him and his wife are both, uh, they're writers and directors and very talented people and also very talented golfers, both single digit handicaps. I worked on a show with Adrian the first day of the show. We're walking down the hall toward each other. We had never met. I have my grandpa's 1962 ping putter and a bag of balls. <laughs> and he has like two Cleveland wedges and a bunch of balls. And I was like, this guy's going to be my best friend. <laughs> Wait, you met, that was where? On a show. That was our first day of a show. You were that walking we, on set? No, with... we were walking into the writer's room. And you both had and golf And we both gear? had golf shit for our offices. Because I bring my grandpa's 1962 ping putter to every job that I have. Because I need a putter in my office and it's sort of my like oh so it's day one and you're moving it's like my blankie it's like my blankie i got it yeah um so okay so then you basically so he started to take me there before even you joined right and the second i i mean i wasn't i i was not um doing well enough at the time but that was like i was like oh this place i gotta i gotta i gotta get here One, one of the interesting things that we haven't really discussed yet is this small detail of manifestation sure I, I remember distinctly that you and i played several rounds of golf before either of us joined wilshire and yeah. i remember us talking about wilshire yeah as though it was the promised land as though you know like one day one day baby yeah and then uh and then having it actually happen for both of us individually is kind of kind of ridiculous actually y- yeah it's um look i think uh I, I I don't know if it's manifestation or if it's just priorities being completely out of whack. <laughs> <laughs> I, depends who you ask. I mean, yeah, it, it also depends on the, yeah, the time of your life. Sure, yeah, I think it's all about life stages. I think if it's something that means a lot to you and something that you'll use, I look. Is there other there are other things I could probably spend my money on? Sure, but are there things that make me as happy as you know? basically doing the equivalent of what we were doing at Angeles, but closer to my house. And, and, uh, you know, like that, that it was so clear at the time. And I think that's probably one of the reasons that you and I became friends, that this was something that made us both so happy, right. That was brought us so much joy that you would take a Saturday morning when other people were doing whatever. And then we would drive an hour and a half away from our house to go find, you know, the only piece of grass in Los Angeles (laughs) to hit some balls um, you know, that to me, see that to me seems like, well, that's something that makes me, that's something that drives me, something that makes me happy, something that gives me peace of mind. So yeah, it makes sense that I would, you know, make that a priority in my life. Right. Um, I think it's important. 
Yeah, it's almost like the the way you golf says so much about you. And I mean, I know that that's been said a lot, but it, but it's almost like you know how you treat your golf, and not so much how you behave on the golf course from a from a personality standpoint. But it's almost like how do you golf? You know what I mean? And and we both gone through this. Um, I guess the interesting thing is you you there are a lot of friends that I, I've kind of also coincidentally of yours met throughout the years. Is it Andy Johnson? Mm-hmm. Did you guys, were you close when you grew up together? No, barely knew him. Barely knew him. Barely knew him. But fried egg, you grew up in Chicago I and grew, yeah. Is, did that have any, you know, Andy always talks about, uh, you know, golf course architecture being the craft beer of golf, this kind of like sure. fascination. Did, did, did he have an impact on you? Because I know you're really interested in architecture. I am, but I never was the sort of vocal member of this like new sort of woke golf culture um, that I appreciate and love. Um, I think, look, I think one of the reasons that I loved golf from a very early age was this concept that I call good ghosts. <laughs> and never heard I, this before. And I think... Look, you walk on. You, what's your favorite old golf course you've ever played? Uh, I mean, not Western Gales. Sure, you walk there, and you you walk on the property, and you can feel the good ghosts, right? You can feel, you can see the people, you know, in you know centuries past walking the grounds. You can just, it's a feeling that you get, and I think that's just you can't really replicate that in any other thing or at least I can't I haven't been able to when you walk onto an old golf course you just you feel the the presence of the people that were there before you and I think that I I think that's what this whole sort of nostalgia golf course you know architecture reverence is really about I think yes there was a better way of doing it before but I think we're all just sort of chasing those good ghosts you know, I think that's something it's, it's interesting how you put it that way. Like, I'm, I'm sure, like, maybe I've thought about something kind of like that, but to like go into trying to explain it and, and maybe even be more aware of it as you like travel, um, is interesting to think about. Have you played Santa Anita? No. What are you doing tomorrow morning? <laughs> Let's go. Let's roll. Let's roll. 6.30. 6.30. So well, I guess we can, maybe we should just talk about this on a different podcast, but it's supposed to be money. And you know who told me to play it? Who? Andy Johnson. Oh yeah. He played it, I think with a couple of people when he came out here. Yeah. There's an article about it in McKellar. Have you heard of this magazine? No. So you've got Golfer's Journal. Mm-hmm. Are you a subscriber? Yes. Good. Um, if you're listening and you haven't subscribed, press pause, go to Golfer's Journal, support Brendan's magazine. It's incredible. But then come right back, <laughs> press play and yeah. bump it loud. <laughs> And then there's also Caddy Mag, my buddy Will in uh, Melbourne, um, makes that magazine happen. But there's also a new one called McKellar, and they're on their issue three. And um, it, it's it's pretty rad. I ordered all three issues. So um, they have an article about, in the newest one about Santa Anita, and it's this design that's very... Jeff Shackelford actually wrote the article, and it's... Um, it's, it's by an architect who's only designed one golf course, and that was Santa Anita. Amazing. And there's like That's three my, so levels. my goal. <laughs> That's so my goal. Just give me any place and give, let me do one design. <laughs> Apparently, do you want to go tomorrow? Are you serious? I think I can, yeah. Okay, well, let me know. I'm down. You know? It, it, it's supposed to be like, 
it's only 6,300 yards. Great. But it's supposed to be totally interesting. Perfect. And apparently it's only 30 minutes from L.A. Who knew? I, I would have, yeah. I mean, it's like, here I need a guy in Chicago to tell me where to go in L.A. <laughs> so I love those guys. Um, okay, so your golf game, you, uh, you're really good. What, what, what would, how would, if, someone, if you're talking to someone and they say, are you good at golf? And they don't know anything about golf, what do you say? I'd say I try hard. <laughs> That's not usually a good thing. <laughs> I would say I try I try hard. You really do. I do. You I, really do. I, I'm I think golf is the most sincere thing I do. Like I don't like I don't I'll play golf and I'll come off the course and be like, I didn't really jo- joke around that much. Like This is making me think of uh the uh 14th hole. Or the the thirteenth no fourteenth uh, yeah par five, we had a we had our first and only fight really. What was it? The speaker. Oh, the speaker. God. <laughs> <laughs> the speaker. Oh no. I was. I was uh, we were. It was just the three of us, right? There was a four. The it woke was... golf community is going to come for me for this, bro. <laughs> this is not a good look. Look, well, I stand by it. Whatever. Let's go. You, Tell it. You, you you're a changed man. I'm somewhat reformed, I would say. Look, but we, that's a but I'm open-minded. I <laughs> hey, we all change. Yeah. Look, when we played golf at Rustic last week and I noticed on your bag you had clipped to it something that was essentially contraband <laughs> in the Libman household <laughs> is speaker. Yeah. What happened on this day? Uh <laughs> by the way, by the way, for reference, what's your handicap? I'm a one handicap. A, yeah, one to somewhere in there. He's a one, folks. You've broken par dozens of times. Oh. Yeah. Maybe hundreds. Yeah. Lowest at Wilshire. Lowest at Wilshire, 66. 60, that's five under, guys. So just to give you reference, Daniel is a much better golfer than me. Much more accomplished. We have made money together, by the way. Lots of money. Yeah, Lots we money. have a good hustle. We've done. We well. have a good. We have a good white men can't jump <laughs> hustle because I'll pull Lang off the bench. That guy. Yeah, him. Yeah. I can make a few birdies. I can also make a few doubles. Sure. So I'm not going to do any career low, but I could. I have you know spurts of greatness. He's a great, great, great gambling partner. That's, also, the vibes are just high off vibes. the charts. Spurts of greatness. Maybe should go on my headstone. Spurts of greatness. <laughs> Spurts of greatness. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Michael Jordan documentary. So um, we, we're, so we're on the 13th, and I decide that my game is meaningless to me at this point. You did not feel the same way. And when I started to uh, power up my Bluetooth speaker, and I think I was probably playing um, something, maybe like can't, uh, you know, something like um, some 80s song something it and didn't go with I, your golf game no it was like you were playing like the top gun soundtrack or something like <laughs> it, it was, was something it like was, that it was look here's the deal <laughs> when i go to play golf i don't also need to hear music <laughs> i have times in my life when i listen to music like well how would you feel okay okay how's this How's this? I'm playing golf with you, and I'm like, I'm going to put on The Daily. What was that a show? The New York Times podcast. <laughs> I'm going to put on a podcast. Is that? Yeah, no, it doesn't make sense. To be fair. Is look, that kosher? If there has been a crossover of any, maybe it's this one, is that I don't listen to music on the golf course anymore. There's no speaker on my bag. I have actually turned away from who I was, and, and you now carry a speaker. I carry a speaker because... Uh, it's like safety? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. 
Uh, no, I carry a speaker because um, I will walk nine holes with my wife. And it, I find it to be, it makes it a more enjoyable experience for her. Right. Because she doesn't, she's not as, as good. Sometimes she won't even bring her clubs. Yeah. And she'll just walk with me. So I find it to be a more sort of, uh, I don't know, romantic. And do, I'm a great husband, guys. Do you also play the Top Gun soundtrack? <laughs> oh, <only> exclusively. <laughs> I'm like, have you ever heard D'Angelo's Voodoo? <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it, it was interesting because you were basically, you, you said, turn that off. I said I in so many words, I, I said in so many words, please turn that off. <laughs> Turn that off, um, and, and, and and people in the group were shocked. They they were on shocked. They were not on your side. No, no, absolutely not. We we're with my brother in law Brian Rubin at the time, <laughs> and he was like, "Bro, chill." <laughs> and we and it wasn't like I was playing bad. It wasn't anything. I was just like, I don't come to the golf course <laughs> to listen to music in such a low fi capacity. Too, yeah, it's like yeah. it's not a good speaker. Would you, if I had given you Bluetooth <laughs> headphones like Bose headphones, it wouldn't. Have. <laughs> that's the interesting thing is why don't if someone if you want to listen to music on the course bring some headphones bring some headphones that's interesting it's also a small yard so it's like I don't like being across the fairway from someone and hearing like a from like bit. 300 yards away like yeah you know like just a hint of Bob a Marley you what? know what I mean like I'm like cool <laughs> one of the problems with it is it's Bluetooth and the Bluetooth connection when it gets disrupted is is worse than just not listening to anything yeah it's not good it's not good it's, I will say I did play golf. I played rustic about a week ago with uh, my buddy Josh Adams and his friend Nate. And um, on about the fifth hole, they said to me, and uh, we were, um, and my friend um, Andrew, also a writer. And I said, and they said, they said to the two of us, they came to us with a proposal. Do you mind if we play music? We play mm -hmm. music now sure. can you can you imagine what was about to happen <laughs> they were going to bring out instruments it sounds like they were about to start <laughs> performing <laughs> no they, they hey, do you had... mind if we play a couple of our folk originals <laughs> <laughs> this instrument happens to perfectly fit a recorder and <laughs> yeah. a ukulele yeah um a uh Jew, jews harp is that what it's called the thing that goes in the mouth i think uh they <laughs> they had linked bluetooth speakers Wow, for like a stereo effect. It was incredible. That's adorable. It was incredible. That is adorable. Like, like here's the thing. If you were standing between their bags, yeah. it was almost jarring. It's so loud. Uh, not loud, just so perfect. It, I mean, it, See, was, it yeah, was incredible. Yeah, look, I don't mean to talk out of both sides of my mouth, but if the <laughs> sound quality was a little better, it, it might be, it, I might change my mind. Look, I'm a bit of a purist in a couple ways. That's one of them. Yeah. I think if it's like you're going to play a few holes and the and it's long shadows in the afternoon and you want to want some tunes, fine. But if you're playing in a game and people are trying to make a score, I don't I don't I'm also very specific about my music. Like right. I don't want your music. You have like, style. I want my music. Have you ever DJed? No. What would you? A hundred percent. We just talked on before the podcast started, we talked about playlists. Yeah. How many playlists do you have? I don't have that many playlists. Um, I have, I 
I, uh, no, I don't. I'm not like a guy. I used to be a guy that would sit and make a playlist, but like now back I feel like during MP3 days. Yeah, but now I feel like Spotify just knows me so well that they, they just kind of know. I pick yeah. one song and they're like, "Here's a thousand, like it." Yeah, <laughs> you're like you get the vibe. <laughs> You've paid them to yeah. know exactly who you are. Spotify, take the wheel. Yeah, I don't understand when people use Apple Music. It uh, look, I I love the company. If you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming you're listening. I, it's a great company. I mean, this podcast but is on Apple and Spotify. But here's the thing. Spotify, they only do one thing. You trust the company that only makes one thing. That's a really good point. They know what they're... I also like the interface. I like the black and green. It's just... Yeah, it's a good look. Also, I, I like... I haven't done it really in weeks, but the weekly... Whatever they call it. What is Discover it? Discover Weekly. Discover Weekly. Yeah. They know you. That's good. They know you. That Their algorithm and is not is only do top. they know you, but they know who you're going to be. They know exactly who I'm going to be. <laughs> they know to turn the music off when I get to the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, other other uh, pet... Let's go through pet peeves on the golf course. Here's the thing about Daniel. And you... You're, you're, you're obviously very smart. You're very, you're very funny. That's but, very kind. But w- what that translates to in, for your personality is um, it, it may seem like an opinion, but really it's a recommendation. You know what I mean? And, and actually one of the most profound moments that I've ever had with you was we were, we were going to the first day at Wilshire and there's a tunnel there. And we're going through the tunnel. Do you remember what I'm talking about? <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I changed and you, your life. You blew my mind. You he blew my fucking mind because we're walking and I go, nice pants. And you said, these are the best golf pants that I've ever been made. And I was like, well, what are they? And you're like, I'm all five pocket. And you, are you still? Yeah. You're still all five pocket. The five pocket. Yeah. Okay. I, break down why the five pocket. Here's the thing. The non-five pocket is is for someone who works in an office okay. in the Midwest. <laughs> it's simply a dorkier look. Right. Um, no offense to the people who are... What is it? Is it two pocket? What's the, I guess it's just a It's a, a traditional it's, slack. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's too... It's too formal of an attire for golf. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah you're right. You know, I think... Uh, I think we can be respectful of the game, but still be casual and like the way we look. Like, I don't want to wear a slack to a, you know, everyday round. Like, look, if I'm going to a special place that is sort of that I want to be extra respectful. Are are you wearing five pockets uh, if you were to go play Cypress? Just, just, just want to throw that out there. I mean, I'm just curious because you said special place. I mean, you're still in California. True. I think, yeah, I think so. I think so. I think think I'd wear Augusta. No way. No way. No way. I think tuxedo. What do you wear? (laughs) I think tuxedo pants. Stripe with the stripe. G four. No, I think I take the pants from my (laughs) wedding from my wedding tux, and I and I and I strap them on and I go play. I think I might wear the jacket too. (laughs) The whole thing. The whole thing, dude. Athletic tuxedo or just straight straight just up wool? Bespoke, <laughs> most expensive thing I own, tuxedo. <laughs> like wearing a Ferrari. So Let's good. go. That's so good. <laughs> Wait, by the way, I've played golf with someone in a tuxedo. That's you where you were wearing a tuxedo or that? No, were? someone else. We we uh it, at Winter Park we had a we had an RGC event. And it's team play, so you t- you, it's an alternate sure. shot. So my partner, um, on the ninth hole of Winter Park, there's like a chapel. 
and he, he sprays it far right and there's a wedding going on. And so everyone on the tee, and I've got 50 guys on the tee and everybody on the tee yells <laughs> that four. That bride is probably like tight. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much. This is- it wasn't the husband. It wasn't the groom. But anyway, w- w- imagine 50 golfers on the tee yelling four yeah. to another group of 50 people <laughs> all dressed up drinking champagne. And uh, the, uh, the um, what's the name of the guy who does the wedding? The, the, the pastor? Sure. The, you know, whatever. Sure. The, the, it's, now it's like the best friend. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, basically. The, anyone it's the roommate. Get, anyone can get verified yeah. for that. It's easier than Instagram. And um, so, they, so, so he comes out and he's like, you guys, what is going on here? 50 people playing golf. And we tell him. And then he's like, do you mind if I, can I? So I give him my club and he, and he, and he whacked it. But uh, th- that would be an appropriate Augusta outfit. What 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 hat are you gonna wear a hat? Because how does a hat go with a tux? To Augusta, I yeah, think you gotta. I, yeah, I think you gotta bring like a. I think you gotta wear like a Gigi Rodriguez style, <laughs> like a pork pie. Yeah, or like yeah. a something. Right. Look, here's the thing with golf. With my attire, I want to be able to go somewhere else before or after golf and not feel like a loser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't we all? Uh, unfortunately for me, depending on how I score. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's you raise an interesting point, and it, it brings up one of these phrases to me that kind of makes me cringe nowadays. On and off the golf course. Yeah, yeah. I I'm mean, gonna change my I'm gonna change my shoes. Yeah, I mean, right? Yeah, yeah I'm gonna change my shoes. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna you're gonna. Well, it's but, also like, look, here's the deal. After golf, you should shower. <laughs> so, like, in theory, that would give you an opportunity to change, right? Right. But showering is a private thing. <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? Like, sure. like private club. Yeah. But yes, if you're going to just go out for beers or whatever with your buddies after. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I would like to, uh, I'd like to be respectful, but I'd like to, I, I think a five pocket is my way of sort of incorporating my everyday style into my golf game. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. someone saw me playing golf they'd be like oh yeah that makes sense that he would wear that for golf instead of like he's wearing a costume (laughs) so so unsponsored favorite pair of five pocket pants for golf right now okay uh guys got a new pant recently a new five pocket that i think takes the cake were you wearing these other day that i see these the grayson twill five pocket is is a fantastic product not a jogger no, not a jogger. It's just a nice, slim fit. It's twill, so it's not like too performancey. To give you guys an idea of Daniel, you you stance on joggers. You try them. I've seen you wear them. Are you are you confirmed on this? I'm uh, no. I I I wore. Uh, it, I didn't wear like the jogger that has like the cuff on the bottom. Okay. I wore like a elastic bottom pant. Okay. Briefly. Brief. It was brief. Yeah, it was a short experiment. Guys, here's the thing. Sometimes you take risks and uh, you swing and you miss. This makes me think of your golf game, right? You're, you're, you, I've seen you pull off shots that I, you're, you're 18, 18 at Wilshire. There's this little double palm tree. On the other side of it is a creek. On the other side of it is the green. And so, another creek beyond that. Yeah, and you have no swing and you bank it off the tree. You were there for that. I videoed it, and Michelle Wee messaged me and said that was incredible. That was, and I made the putt. You made the putt. You got a par in eighteen at Wilshire. If you played it, it's not always. That was one of the coolest moments. I'm so glad that you were there for that. I have it that on my w- phone right now. So, such artistry. What? What's your typical? What's your scoring average on eighteen at Wilshire? That hole. Yeah. I've gone stretches where I can't make a par on that hole. Right. 
I can't <laughs> make a par. It's it's like I, I crazy. it's not even that hard of a hole, but no, it is. there's something about the angle. There's something about the way that the fairway is pitched away from you, but you kind of have to still hit a draw. And, and the wind is usually sometimes crossing. It, to the left, yeah. so it's like it fights it. Yeah, no, I've gone through stretches where I truly will play for five on that hole and walk off and be fine. Have you ever played up seventeen? No, uh, it yeah, feels un- unethical. Yeah, it feels. I don't like that. Yeah. There's also so much room down there. Yeah. Um, but there's, yeah, I've gone through stretches where I absolutely, that hole has defeated me. We're going to uh, take a quick break, everybody. Stay tuned. Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. All right, we're back. Um, yeah, so what, what, um, how far do you hit the ball? Not far enough. Oh, come on. You're, you I'm in the 300 it. range. I'm in the 300 range. You're a 300 plus. Yeah. On a, on a cold morning, no swings. You're going maybe 295, but most likely at I'm least three. I'm in the three bills range. Yeah. It's far enough, but you, not like when you play with guys that really hit it far. And then you're like, I don't hit it anywhere. He's talking about web.com players. I'm, or, talking, I'm sorry, Corn Tour. Yeah, I'm talking about those guys. I'm talking about guys that really move it. You, uh, your swing is most like um, a broken down car. No, it's not. A <laughs> no, person, a person. Uh, my tour. swing is most like I would like to think John Rom. Yeah, okay. It's either Rom or Finau. You, you, you really that club does not get near parallel. No, I don't have a very long backswing, and I have a very aggressive action towards the ball. How do you generate that club head speed? Will <laughs> sheer will sheer will. Yeah. Um, lower body. I think. I think I. Uh, I think I have a stronger lower half, um, and I try to just try to move it. You've taken so many steps to work on your game. I've seen you. We, we've talked throughout the years. We've talked about clubs, uh, you know, grooves, bounce. Fitness. Trail relief. Yeah. We've talked about, um, you know, smash factor launch angle. We've talked about everything. We've talked about the types of practice we do. Um, you have rubber bands in your bag that you used to stretch with on the tee. I do. This man is taking the game seriously. What have you found has been like has had the most impact if anything um is is there any one thing that's had a large impact on your on your game yeah decade golf what's that i don't know what that is decade golf uh is uh the is a as a course management system i guess you would call it by this gentleman uh named scott fawcett i'm sure a lot of the listeners out here know it I've never heard of this. If you don't know it, you are leaving shots <laughs> on the course. I'm serious. Really? It is truly, uh, it is rem- It is a remarkable, remarkable system um, and way to manage your way around a golf course um, and know that you're making the right decisions. Simply put, things like? Simply put, things like picking targets, uh, picking what, knowing what club to hit off the tee on any given hole. There's when like, you say picking a target, like, like give someone a taste. Okay, um, I have 150 yards into a hole. There is a, there's a baseline number that you, that you aim away from the flag, side that the flag is on. So if that number is nine, 
which it is at 150 yards. This is all based on like your normal shot dispersion. Oh, this is quite mathematical. It, but it's very simple, actually. So let's just say the pin is the so that the number is nine. The pin is five from the left. You're aiming four right of that. Um, Every time. The the pin is five from the le- on the left edge. Yeah. So you're aiming left. left middle. So you're aiming four paces to the right of that because you're aiming nine from the left edge. Because nine yards. Yeah. So nine, it's basically yeah. from one fifty, you yeah. are nine yards it, inaccurate. Yeah. And you're just trying to get the ball on the green. Exactly. Right. So you're gonna pull it. So the idea is basically like every shot is a shotgun. Whoa! How have we never talked about this? How have I never heard of this? You need to have Scott Fawcett on this podcast. He is a G, and and I know for a fact that tons and tons and tons of of very successful players as in the pro ranks and college ranks are using decade golf to with great results. It's really one of the reasons that all these guys are coming out and having such success playing like such veterans already on the tour when they're so young is they're just abiding by the system and it just takes all the guesswork out of it. Like every time I step up, I know exactly where to am. It's like counting cards. It a little bit is except you still have to hit the shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's interesting because, you know, Finau, we were just talking about him. He, uh, when asked, what's the best piece of advice you give to a, an amateur is aim away from the flag, like aim at the middle of the green. Yeah. I mean, it's, he, he looks, this decade thing has found a way to use math to sort of quantify course management, but it really is using math to quantify how Tiger Woods plays the game. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, you can see 12 at Augusta. He's not aiming at that 12 thing. at Augusta. They showed the 13, they showed the 2013 players championship on 17. He hit it 35 feet left of the flag. Like that's just what he on 17, like that's just what he does. And he's always done it. So Fawcett's thing is, is, is you don't lower your scores by making more birdies. You, you lower your scores by making less bogeys. Whoa. And so you just don't put yourself in positions that do dumb shit. I'm going to find this thing. It's truly. And so is it something, is it a book that you read? It's an app. No, it's it's an, an it's an app. So he's got all the content and videos on the app. And then you do, you do, uh, enter some stat, your stats throughout a round. He shows you how to do that. And you sort of start to generate, your own stats like and Spotify. Sort of, you see where you, yeah, no, but see where your weaknesses are and see what. So, wait, so is on. your personal number nine from one fifty, and mine would be different? No, it's it's it. That's um, that's pretty universal, just based on. I don't even know if that's the exact number, but 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 it's right. universal based. On, I think there's two versions of the app. There's the elite, and then there's the foundations, and I don't know if those numbers are different based on. Uh, is elite like invite only? No, it's just more in depth. It's more technical. Okay. There's just more to do, kind of. This is fascinating. Yeah, I've, 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 it, I'm interested in it because I didn't realize that one it existed, obviously, but, but I've always felt and said that course management is the difference between you know for a guy who's going to shoot 86 or 79. Yeah, that's the difference. I mean, the idea is essentially playing. It, look, you're playing. You're playing by the book like if you play blackjack and you play by the book the 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 chances are over time that you win this is just being the book for golf yeah wow that's that's really interesting it's tight and then like don't get hammered and the two of those things are (laughs) like doesn't help yeah no she's just like don't get wasted and then play decade play by the decade rules and then you're good you've stopped drinking on the golf course yeah what has that change been like for you terrible (laughs) 
<laughs> terrible. I've, I've never drank oh on the golf course. Oh my god, I don't even know it's what terrible. Everyone out, everyone is out there having the time of their life, and I'm like trying to shoot <laughs> 74. Like my fucking life depended on it. <laughs> oh man, do you prefer to gamble on the golf course? I, uh, I, I, I like a little action. I don't know. I think, uh, I think a gambling is more of a high handicapper thing. Really? Yeah, I think it's a. I think it's a way for them to feel alive on the golf course, or like their game means something. Not like it doesn't mean anything if you're a high handicapper, but like, I, it's I'm competitive enough with myself trying to shoot under par or around par or whatever that day brings. Right. I don't need the extra action. Like I'm not gonna feel better taking my friend's hundred dollars. <laughs> right. You know. I felt pretty good about it. The, the, of course, you know, I felt it was amazing also about Kipper. It. I felt amazing about it. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, he, I love it. And and it's even better when they're not happy about giving the money. When they There's, don't, when, when they, they don't, money. when they look away, you yeah. know, when they kind of like look away. Yeah. Or even better, a Venmo is and so, then, so much know, sweeter. I haven't gotten a call from Kipper then since then. Yeah, no, he's pissed at you. It's like we're not friends. <laughs> he is pissed at you. <laughs> you can confirm. Yeah, can't confirm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The interesting thing about I, I'm always gambling. I'm just it's a gamble for me anyway. That's what I'm saying. You Every know? time you tee it up. Every time the ball is in my peripheral vision there's a there's a bet going on in my head it feels risky <laughs> like it feels you know what i mean like i i get i get enough adrenaline from just playing the game you you've lived with golf your entire life right? when, when did you start playing golf i started playing with my uh, my grandfather uh got me into the game when he was uh when i was like six or seven years old so interesting story my grandfather he was a Text, he sold textiles to like hospitals. He sold like linens and, and stuff to hospitals. Um, and a lot of people in his world played golf. So he came to the game fairly late uh, in life, like well after he was well into his 50s. And so when I came along, him and I were sort of still almost like discovering the game at the same time, which was really sort of fun for the both of us. So I my like first foursome was like, him like it was like me and like at like eight years old and like a bunch of 80 year old guys <laughs> which i think if you know me makes perfect sense oh yeah yeah it was like it was a great crew that's well, and how was your sense of style different then to now i was all nike then all tiger 100 percent. all tiger go to nike town in chicago clean out the section um you have a lot of opinions on style in the pga tour <laughs> i oh. feel like we can we can just, just scratch the surface here sure where do you um, even start when someone? I mean, because how often do you have this conversation? I feel like it's not as not much that like, often. I don't really? think anyone really wants to know. I'm fascinated. <laughs> um, my biggest gripe with my biggest gripe is not on course fashion; it's off course fashion. <laughs> These guys should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> Tiger at Wimbledon. <laughs> it's, I mean, Tiger at any anywhere outside of golf, <laughs> and even on the golf course, like some of it's questionable, but fine. Like, you're not a wraparound fan. Is it? Is it the mock tee with the low? What is it? I just don't understand. Like, you're going out in public. Why do they not have any respect for how they look? And you're 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 comparing like, them to basketball players, essentially. I'm comparing them to every other athlete, where it's like you're trying to flex as much as you possibly can whenever you possibly yeah. can. I'm pretty sure I saw Tiger wearing his Masters jacket with the bathing suit. I mean, that that's true? pretty awesome. <laughs> You're okay Look, with that. I, you can't really knock Tiger. Like, I put Tiger in the category of Jordan where, like, what what are you going to say to the guy? Like, he, he, there's obviously, there's so much. 
He's on a different plane. There's so much BDE there. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. That like you can't like, yeah, whatever. Like yeah. who cares? Um, but I, but I look into this younger generation of golfers and I'm just like, why are these guys, why is there no swagger? Like, why is there no anything? Like Justin Thomas is the coolest dude ever on the golf course. So much swagger. But then you see him off the golf course. It's like, bro, why don't you use a stylist? Yeah. You're young, you're rich. Like, let's go. Yeah. Like be cool. Like lock it in. Let's go. Yeah. Like, yeah. Get going. Monday through Sunday outfits. No, nothing should be an accident. Like, let's see it. Do you think it has to do with the fact that they're sort of forced to wear a relatively uninteresting outfit most of their lives and, and golf has been relatively fashionless? But it doesn't have to be. It doesn't I, have to be. But I mean, I think, is, is it a product of that? You're right. It doesn't have to perhaps, be. Perhaps. But that, but that to me would be like, okay, cage me on the golf course when I get off the golf course. Watch this. Like, I got, <laughs> I have $50 million. Like, yeah. check me out. Yeah, look at what I'm going to do. I just don't understand why there's no, why there, it just had, it like the whole like, like tunnel fashion and how like athletes have taken to fashion and become fashion icons. Like how did that just miss golf? Can you come up with one or two exceptions on the tour? I think Finau does an okay job, but it's, um, I don't really know. Like, I don't really know who else. I don't know. It just, it seems, it all just seems so, um, it seems so safe. (laughs) I'm, I'm trying to understand, like, is there a difference between like, you know, golf and all the other sports? Like, like, well, they travel individually. They, you know, they need to like stretch before they play. So they're probably going to show up wearing like athletic wear to get ready to like stretch and do some physio. Sure. But they also like, I think, yes, exactly. You can show up in something, you can show up in something different, but it's also like they have more agency in what they wear than almost any other athlete. And, and they're on camera more like they're on camera for four hours wearing whatever outfit is it. uh, It is like, put some Johns on, like, let's see some shit. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. I think it's partly that they, you know, think about this, like, like, so when you're, when you're playing a team sport, you're craving individuality. Yeah. But when you're an individual sport, you're almost afraid of that spotlight and, and being picked apart. Like, I mean, Royan wear the joggers and like, it wasn't a hit. Right. You know? Yeah. That wasn't a hit. I mean, you look at your, you got your Jesper Parnovics of the world. That guy took some risks. Yeah. I mean, there's been guys. It almost had a more of a heyday back back before like even you know daily's reebok kind of windbreaker Poulter was doing some stuff wow. i mean he was wild wow. man back in the day wow there, in fact wild man. at the museum of saint andrews of uh there is a old course museum there is a life-size photo of a couple photos of ian Poulter on the wall and it's all of his different pants and it's <laughs> It's intense. Shocking. Shocking. Yeah. I mean, he had the spiked hair. He was doing, he was putting some looks down back in the day. <laughs> it's like, I don't even, they, he was putting some looks. I don't even know how you find, how do you, how do you sew that pattern together and not get ill? That's like a question <laughs> I had. It looked like a deconstructed, like several couches. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it wasn't a collage, but it, what it, I mean, I wonder if people were offended. Like if, if Englishmen were offended, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I guess I, but at least he was trying something. Yeah. Like kudos anyway. to him for trying something. Kudos to any of these people, any of these guys who are out there, you know, putting putting something together that is a little more interesting. 
Poulter is one of the players that has really grown on me. Yeah. You know, there yeah. was a point where I really didn't like him, especially during Ryder Cup. Well, he killed us. He it killed us. Hard. He killed us with that flat blade. <laughs> he killed us. <laughs> Guy was killer. What? Ryder Cup would be very close to where you grew up this year. Maybe. How is it going to happen? The Ryder Cup? Yeah. It's, it can't. No fans, no no Ryder Cup. How can it happen with no fans? That's, I don't understand. That's the... That's the that's the real captain's pick. Do you, yeah. Whoa, the fourteenth, the thirteenth, the twelfth, the twelfth man. <laughs> I don't know. You the basketball. Yeah. Um, you what 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 do you? How do you think it will play out? Do you think it'd be like we want to do it, and the players would be like we don't? I don't think anyone wants to do it. Right. I don't know what's the point. I guess it's such a for the fans experience. Like, I, I guess I just don't see the point. Like, what? Why not just wait? I understand revenue and t- TV revenue and all that stuff, but like just wait until it can be done the right way. Yeah. I don't see the rush. Like I just, I think it's a, I think that I think, sure, go play whatever, go play the, you know, Byron Nelson with no fans. Like, I don't think anyone's really getting riled up about the Byron Nelson. Yeah. But the Ryder cup is such a specific product. Yeah. It is. Su- it creates such a specific culture and such a specific vibe that I just don't, think I, th- I think it's a worse product and i just think you owe you don't you owe it to the people to put the best product out there like it it's also like hot take it's a meaningless tournament <laughs> like it's it's an inv- wow. it's an invention like the pga of america invented it to make money right so like it's not a real like there's it's got some yes it's got history only in that it's been around but like no one's like if you don't play the national open, like, right. If you don't play the U S open, like that means something, but if you don't play the Ryder cup, like who really cares? Hot take. Wow. Hot take. I mean, I, I, am not sure. I'm, I mean, uh, it's me- manufactured. It is a manufactured event. Well, to that degree, it all is. Sure. Sure. I mean, if you don't know golf and you see some guy walking around in an ugly green jacket that doesn't fit, you're like meaningless. Yes, to an extent, but... Are are you buying into the theology of the history of it? And for the Ryder Cup, obviously Europeans care more than we do because they're not only better at it, but it's it's more uniting. But the Masters was was born out of let's, let's create an event for the elite golfers in this nation to determine a champion. You know what I mean? Like, let's create an invitation only cool... Like, I, I get how that's born the Ryder cup was a showcase. Like it was a, do you see, you know what I mean? Like, I just think there's a different, I don't know. It feels, it feels like I, maybe it's just me, but like, I don't care about the Ryder cup really that much. I'm pretty sure it's just you. (laughs) I think it's cool. I care. I like watching it, but I'm not like, I, I, I don't know. I don't care about too many professional golf things, but I will say that I will disrupt my normal hours. If the Ryder Cup is being played in your, I'll disrupt my normal hours if any golf tournament is on. Like <laughs> it doesn't matter for me. Of course, it's awesome. I want to see the best players in the world duke it out. But part of it, part of me wanting to watch that is what a great spectacle it is with the fans and with the vibe and with the energy and how much other people buy in. Yeah, you've got one. You've got one tournament, one Sunday round that you can watch of professional golf. No more for the rest of your life. What is it? 
Wait, sorry. Phrase the question. One that I'm giving up? It's complicated. <laughs> uh, you can only watch one more round on oh. TV of professional golf. Which round are you watching? It's Sunday at Augusta. Wow, 2019. Uh, that per- that particular wow. that particular round, yeah. I was also. It, I would not say that round. I was also in a. I had a, I was in a unique viewing experience when I watched that on television. I don't follow. I was on a I was on a yacht. Oh, I was on a right. friend's. I was on a friend's yacht. And you had a good connection. And Great I had connection. a perfect connection. So we were sailing in the ocean and watching the <laughs> Masters. It was which ocean. One of them. What? Just one a, of the good just ones. One, of the, salt, big, one the, of the bigger ones. Not even salty. It was, no, it was, just, just, it was the Pacific. Pacific. Um, Water kind of clear? That round was so inspirational. Don't You don't feel that? Look, for me, if I fast forward to 18, it feels a bit weird. I, I didn't... I didn't... Look, I'm not... I, I love Tiger. I know I know that I've... Uh, you know, I, I loved... I love it. I love all of it. I was... I cried. Sure. I cried. And I didn't cry during my other favorite round, but as a four-hour thing, when I, I rewatched it, you know, when it came mm-hmm. up this year, and I mean, I don't know. It's like eighteen just made me feel weird, you know, with the with the with the overcut, and then the recovery shot, and then he didn't get up and down. I don't know. I mean, the guy just he did what he had to do to win the golf tournament. He won. He, he won. Had, he had it won. I don't know. For me. Uh, just strictly entertainment, it's going to be Troon, Phil, and Henrik. Yeah, that's a good one. That to me was... Because also, I think no one really, I don't think, had a favorite. No one had an expectation. No, it kind of could have gone either way. And you were like, this is just... You're just watching two guys go berserk. Yeah, and they both shot 63. Yeah. Like, it's awesome. Insane. It's awesome. And then even to the very end where and Henrik hits that three wood and it stops like a foot short of the fairway bunker. And you're like, that bunker is a bogey. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Phil, yeah, making eagles all over the place, doing miracle shit. I, yeah, I, I, I respect that. I, 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 I look. I, I think there's something to be said about watching. First of all, the comeback, but secondly, just a guy that is so in control of his d- domain when so many variables exist. Yeah, I, it just was so impressive. It was chewing the gum it was just the vibe of it and also just the feeling that i got watching it like i agree i didn't have a favorite in that troon thing but i had a very (laughs) clear favorite in (laughs) in that in the tiger round right um a very very clear favorite and so i was so invested and then i just remember that feeling of like oh my god is this guy gonna win the masters like not knowing like genuinely not knowing the thing when they replayed the coverage and I watched it, the thing that I didn't realize was how many guys were... Oh, my God. That leaderboard was stacked with studs. All, Brooks almost tied him. Brooks almost tied him. Cantlay was up there. DJ got it to 12. Like, all these guys had gotten yeah. it, got, were, were close. It was a party. It was an absolute leaderboard party. And, <laughs> like, anything could have happened. And then... Just like from the fog emerged the one man you wanted to see emerge. And it was just, it, there was something so 
so it, that made me feel so childlike where I was just like, it can be, you can do it. And he, like he can do it. Like all is right in the world again. This is the guy that we always used to see do it. And man, he did it again. I suppose that's what really makes you a writer is that, is that in a sense you might even look at 18 and say, well written, perfect. You, you showed us even in the midst of like greatness, major champion 15 that, you know, it, it's not about being perfect. No, I mean, it's like, it's it, about being the best. It's about being the best. It's about, it, it wasn't the flashiest round, but like the way he just wore out the fat side of every green, and, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he just wore it out and wore it out and wore it out and played away from flags and let other people make mistakes. It was, it was as, it was as vintage or classic tiger as, as there ever has been. Just, just wait and outthink people and let everyone else, you know, puke on themselves. And I, I wish there was a way that we could just like pull a memory and be like, all right, all right, all right. I'm going to watch the Masters. Delete Masters. Yeah. From my brain. And, and I'm let me watch rewatch it again. it again. And I turn it on. I'm like, oh, this is crazy. Like, and I already know, like I have, de- I'm aware that I've deleted the memory of the Masters. So I'm watching it. I'm like, this is crazy. I have no idea who's going to win. You can eternal sunshine the Masters out of like, just, <laughs> your mind. Just get a little like, you know, lotto ticket scratch off in the brain. I, it was just so, th- it was so thrilling. And honestly, rewatching it again, it was as if I didn't watch it the first time. Yeah, because I, I had the same feelings of wanting him to win. <laughs> right. All right. We're going to wrap it up in a sec. I, I kind of want you to describe to an alien Tiger Woods. Never met him. They don't even know what golf is. They don't know really anything about humanity. Yeah, I want you to take your time with it. Think about it. Like this 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 could be an article. This is I'm more I'm recording. This is Do you want me to pause? This is more than I thought I was going to have to do on this thing. <laughs> I think you're up with it. Do you want me to pause it? When I agreed, um, can no. You think I, about two th- can you stall and think about your answer at the same time? This is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to kick the, <laughs> kick the tires a little bit. I mean, it's a complicated question. I've never asked it of anybody. The truth is, I like to think about when we have to describe something completely originally to someone who knows none of the sort of things that the explanation might hinge upon is then we really see what it is. I'm just buying Daniel some time right here. No, I think the way to describe Tiger Woods is a, is a phenom is a phenom in a game, in a game that is so hard to master, to dominate, to figure out. Um, this is someone who has done truly whatever it has taken throughout his entire life, combined with an amount of talent that no one's ever seen before to master the unmasterable, to dominate the undominatable, to see it to to levels that where he is seemingly unhuman um and i think that the most unbelievable thing about the person is when we got to see that he was human and then got to see that person then climb back to dominate the undominatable yet again against all odds follow up is he different now on the golf course? I, I can't tell. I don't know. I'm not close enough to it. But 
he seems pretty similar. I mean, I don't know. Like on Sunday, he's, I, I wouldn't want to play with him. Would you? <laughs> do you, no. you want to step to that? No. Everyone was like, you should do an ace cam video with Tiger. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, I will never do that. No, I mean, he he's a larger than life, uh, you know, one of those one of those presences you can just sort of you can just sort of feel it's a it's it's a confidence that honestly we'll never even touch. Uh, all right. Thank you for joining me. Do you want uh, do you want followers? Do you want to tell people where you are? You don't have a social media. Uh, you have a, you have a, you have a social media, but you don't care. I don't know. You're not trying to grow. You're not on here to grow, to sell juice or anything. No, I'm D Libman on Instagram. Uh, My parents will follow you. Yeah. I'm D Libman on Instagram. If you want to see pictures of, uh, of me hitting a ball and the odd and, golf course and my wife, do you have a swing video on there? Yeah, I you think so. I've shot a couple swing videos of you. Yeah, we can put something up. How many? You have one hole in one. Well, I have two. one hole in one. Man, and you have it on a great hole. Yeah. And a bunch of, and a bunch of other, Oh, and, and I have an albatross. Oh really? When? In high school in a tournament. Whoa. Yeah. Club yardage. It was a five iron from, I think like in the 180 yard range. Shit. I'd cut the corner on this par five and then hit it in. And what did it just roll up or did it just like hit it, the stick? No, it was wet. It was like in the fall and it just like basically just like mashed in. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, thanks for joining me. That was entertaining. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, man. That's all I got. Oh, watch, uh, watch Black Monday on Showtime. Black Monday on Showtime. We'll take, let's go, let's not end yet. We never really talked about your other life, which honestly, I don't know that much about. <laughs> All we've done is play golf. Um, I'm like your, I'm like your side hustle. Yeah. I write television and movies. That's what I do. Um, it's cool. Good talk. No yeah. <laughs> it's the most, <laughs> it's the dumbest way to make a living possible. Are you kidding? No, you serve the entire planet in a time, especially now, but even in normal times when entertainment is, basically like a core necessity. Yeah. I, I don't feel that way. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so, uh, it's a pretty, um, scary job. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Just putting, it's the same way you feel like when you're playing golf with people you've never played golf with before, you're putting yourself sort of out there. You're very, it's very, uh, it's very naked. Scariest part is scariest part is, um, submitting a first draft of something to someone that that's just, it's always terrifying. And then how long does it take them to give you their feedback? Usually pretty instant. I mean, a couple few days. Okay. I don't know. So trying to sell something. It's, it's always terrifying. Every project is, every project is like a round of golf where it's like, they all have their, their picadillos. They're all their difficult right. things. The things you love about them, the things that you wish you could replicate, the things that you made a mistake and we'll learn from you're in a very small group of writers that have actually had something produced. And now it's a, it's been what, how many products have you produced? Like four, three, five? I, uh, I created one show that was that, uh, that I, that we created, my brother and I created our, ourselves with two other friends called champagne ill on YouTube premium, uh, with Adam Pally and Sam Richardson. And, um, but we've written for, you know, dozens of, of shows now. Um, started on a show called Happy Endings that people liked, and uh, then I did uh, The Mick, and I did Black Monday. I just did a show called Solar Opposites that's on Hulu uh, from the guys that created Rick and Morty, which is really fun. I've done all kinds of fun things, and 
worked with all kinds of fun people and try to you know learn from all of them and what's next um what is next i'm doing uh the keenan show on nbc right now keenan thompson uh we're writing that um and i have shows in development at uh fox and at the peacock okay uh favorite comedian of all time yeah oh my god or just right now rodney dangerfield really it, stand up. I mean, my favorite like comedic actor. God, this is impossible. It's a hard one. I'm a huge Danny McBride fan. Oh yeah, he okay. can do no wrong in my book. Right. Um, I don't know. Ask me tomorrow. It could be different. All right, we'll ask you tomorrow. All right, we're gonna play Santa Anita. Yeah, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Six thirty a.m. Bring the mic. <laughs> Bring the mic. Thanks for joining, Dan. Looking forward to being again. Thanks for having me. All right, folks, Precision Pro, one advantage that low-handicap golfers have that has nothing to do with the mechanics of their swing, it's that they approach every shot with all the right information. The more informed you are, the better your decision-making process is before you even swang that club. I rely on Precision Pro rangefinders to give me the precise information as I make my way through 18 holes, sometimes 36, MJ. I've carried several of their rangefinders around the world with me, and they've all been easy to use, incredibly fast, and most importantly, it gives me the exact yardage so I can choose the right club. You know, you need those two things. It's a relationship, folks. You can't just hit the same club on every shot, and you can't just hit the same yardage. All golfers need a rangefinder that they can trust. And I'm telling you that my boys over there in Cincinnati, I trust them. And I'm just saying that the Precision Pro is a brand I trust. My listeners also receive $20 off any of their great rangefinders. Just use the promo code ERIC at checkout for an extra $20 off E-R-I-K to add to one of their award-winning rangefinders to your bag this summer. You can even put it in your pocket. I do that too. It actually is, a, it's got a magnet too and it goes onto your cart. But if you put it on the cart, you might forget it. I've done it, folks. Don't do it to yourself. Don't do your, don't play yourself like that. Best of all, Precision Pro Golf is the only rangefinder that offers free lifetime battery replacements. So not only are you getting a rangefinder, you're signing up for a lifetime service. It's a commitment. It is a lifetime commitment. You literally hand in hand with Precision Pro. Well, I'm not sure where that came from. Anyway, it's all part of the industry-leading customer service that Precision Pro Golf delivers to every customer. Booyah. Swing with confidence, hit more greens, and with use Precision. And I'm going to do that one more again. Swing with confidence, hit more greens with Precision Pro Golf. Later. Tailor-made, folks. I got to tell you, the first golf clubs that ever went in my little old hands were tailor-made burner oversize. They had some crusty old grips that I redid myself at risk of my own fingertips with the razor, and I and I got high because I don't know if you've ever re-gripped your clubs, but you you, you become an, an inhalant addict because you're putting, like, really noxious stuff. Don't, don't grip your own clubs unless you really want to. Anyway, mad respect. Give me a fist bump whenever I see you. I grip my own clubs. I put the grips on them myself. I saved. How much did you save? I mean, you could save money. You save money because I think you put them on. It's like twenty bucks each, and you and you buy the grips yourself. It's like eight bucks. By the way, regripping fourteen clubs. I mean, you, that's like a lot. Go buy TaylorMade's instead. They come with grips. My favorite TaylorMade edition now, obviously the Sim Max I'm playing, is a monster club. One of the many things Tiger Woods have and I in common is playing the Sim. But also, I really, I kind of love the wedges. 
the raw-faced wedges, MG. I both love the high toe in matte black. I also have a matte black shaft. I know you didn't ask, but I went ahead and told you. Anyway, TaylorMade, my favorite thing about TaylorMade beyond the incredibly performing equipment is the people that make this company up. The, the, band of, the band of brothers down here, the band of sisters, the family in Carlsbad really, really gets behind what we do. And that means it's important for you to get behind what they do. So go support TaylorMade, everybody, and hit them straight or just don't just just hit them with TaylorMades, though. Just get some just stop messing around with all the others. Hit them straight with TaylorMade, but just hit TaylorMade at least. I mean, if you're not I mean, just just go. I mean, what are you doing? Just pause the pod. Go on TaylorMade. What's their website? I don't even, they don't even need a website. Just go find TaylorMade ASAP. There should be, what? What I play? I play the, okay, studio is asking me to play, I play the P760s, four through pitch. Then I've got the milled grind raw face, 50, 54, and 58. And then I rock, I'm in between the gapper and the sim hybrid right now. I play the two gapper. Uh, I've got a steel shafted six and a half Project X in that one, as with all the irons. And then on the driver, I have the uh, Sim Max with a nine degree. I'm still working on getting my numbers on that. I don't really know. I got the ten and a half and the nine. We're gonna, gonna do a little experimentation. Maybe honestly, you know what? Whatever one I don't use, how about it's yours? How about that? We're gonna. I don't know how we're gonna manage this. Head over to the Instagram account. Get ready for the old giveaway of the uh, driver that I can't hit. <laughs> anyway, TaylorMade's the family, folks. All right, folks. What's better than saving money on premium golf balls? Saving money on premium golf balls that you can customize with any logo you want. Whether it's your dog or your lawyer, customize your vice balls at vicegolf.com. Also, podcast listeners, podcast listeners get free customization using the code EAL2020. Hit them up. All right, folks, Adidas. Adidas is pushing the boundaries once again in golf footwear. And if you've been counting... I don't. I haven't been counting. It's a lot of times, but they're doing it again. So whatever many times it's been, it's add one. Uh, so you need to check this out. It's called the Code Chaos, all capitals. The footwear team let me know that this shoe was meant to break down traditional stereotypes and make a statement that there doesn't have to be one look for the sport when it comes to golf footwear. It's authentic. It's athletic and bold from a style standpoint. But this shoe is seriously packed with technology. It's spikeless, but beyond just being tested with guys like DJ and Xander, they did heat map studies. Heat map. That means they know where you are right now. They literally know. And watch, I'm telling you, you're going to get an ad for Adidas footwear in your feed. I'm telling you, and I just, it's not me. I don't know if it's them. It's probably Xander, not DJ. Xander's got an X in his name, so he's a little more sinister. Even though I would not, I would probably feel more likely that DJ would really he could he could do some damage with the club um, to my face. So to see how players shift their weight, they use this heat mapping technology to, to see where they shift their weight, but also where you are physically at this current moment uh, throughout the swing. So anyway, with all that info, they created a new traction system called Twist Grip. Twist Grip. That's spelled the way it sounds. Anyway, so the players get the grip they need exactly where they need it, and this is an ad lib, and when they need it. That's I just added that. Uh, it's waterproof. Waterproof is key. Let's get let's get honest, folks. If you want a waterproof shoe, unless you live in the desert, you can wear sandals or moccasins. But for everybody else, you need the waterproof shoe. So hit up the code chaos. It's waterproof, lightweight, and obviously has the boost cushioning, which we all love. There's even a high top boa version, which 
I'm not sure I'm man enough to rock, but John Rahm is. But he's also he's very, very good at golf. We can all agree. These things are next level, so get yourself a pair. Head over to adidas.com slash code chaos. Spelled the way it sounds. Although the C-H in chaos is sounds more like a K. So it's C-O-D-E-C-H-A-O-S. And shop the styles and follow Adidas Golf on Instagram and Twitter for all the latest news from Le Trois Stripes. That's three stripes, folks. All right, one more ad read. I'll probably do another one after this. Jones Sports Go, folks. If you want the bag that I rock, it's the Jones Sports Bag. They got the Player Series. They got the original. What are the other? What's the other models they got? The stand bags? We're pulling it up in the studio, folks. But here's the thing. Jones, if you haven't seen the video on YouTube yet, please check it out. We went up there, visited with them. We designed a lot of cool stuff. We're going to be designing more stuff. We have two bags on the Random Golf Club site that have the Random Golf Club script on it. The Utility Trooper is the is the is the info I'm getting of the name of the other bag that I like. It's got the stand. It's got the stand bag. I also I I mostly rock the original, which is based on a design from the 70s. Uh, was his name Jones? His name was Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones and me. Now that guy got in a lot of trouble for some. What's that? Taxi cabs. But the but the guy who sang the song, Mr. Jones, he's no he's gotten a lot of trouble. Don't want to talk about him. But Mr. Jones, not that the song is written about, was a taxi driver in New York. He made a golf bag out of the upholstery in his taxi. And that's where Jones has come from. So they're obviously the comfortable shoulder strap on the original series is what I love. Got a lot of cargo space and you got three pockets to hold all your clubs. And you look basically like a badass. You're 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 if you're if you don't have a if you don't have a significant other at the start of the round, you will have one at the end. Am I right? Watch out. It's, it's, you know, that's the studio here says, get a Jones bag. I'm not going to say get laid, but basically that's what's going to happen. I mean, I, I didn't say it. You said it. You heard it. I didn't say it. Jones Sports Go, everybody. Love them. All right. Whoop, folks. Whoop. W-H-O-O-P. I think you know what I'm talking about. You've seen Rory wearing it. You may have seen me wearing it, and I'm pretty much into this wearable device. Wearable technology. Wearable. I like it. At first, I was like not sure if I was going to like having this thing on my wrist, but I'm into it mostly because of the incredible amount of information that it gives me about me and my life and how to perform better. Like I'm not going to ever be some amazing athlete, but I do like getting this feedback from my body. So basically, it has inside of it this crazy light that reads not only your heart rate, but all sorts of other things about your body, mostly the the time in between heartbeats, the heart rate variability, that's key. Um, anyway, it provides personalized insights on the performance of your sleep and how recovered your body is and how much stress you put on your body throughout the day from your workouts and the normal stressors of life. Big key takeaway, walking 18 holes, that's a workout, folks. No joke. Um, so anyway, when I get up, I look at my whoop score. I try to see how I slept last night. Uh, and I've tried to incorporate takeaways to get better sleep and, uh, especially when traveling and stuff like that, cause rest is really important and, uh, the quality of sleep is really key. So, you know, it, it has all these, you know, suggestions for getting better sleep. The biggest takeaway is consume a lot of water. Um, also I've started exercising more. This thing plugs in great to all of my exercise routines and I can see exactly where I'm at, at my, uh, max heart rate. Um, it's got a built-in feature with a strain coach that it gives you target exertion goals and workout to work out optimally for the level of intensity. Um, it basically is a personal assistant for your working out. Um, and folks, 
big deal for you guys. They're offering 15% if you use the code EAL at checkout. That's 15% off WHOOP.com and enter EAL at checkout to get your discount. Sleep better, recover faster, and train smarter. Optimize your performance with Whoop. Uh, it's got it's custom tailors to your body. It takes like a like a little bit of time to get to know you, and then it knows you, and it's fun because I've got a lot of friends that use it, and we talk about it. I'm like, yo, what was your sleep score last night, bro? And basically, it's how early did you go to bed and how early did you wake up and did you get distracted while sleeping? Um, it tracks all four stages of your sleep, slow, wave, REM, and light, and when you wake up, and it can tell you how much sleep you've actually gotten down to the minute. So it's like the first thing I do when I wake up is I just check it and I'm like, yo, what, how did we do last night? And I can tell, I can notice the difference now. And it's kind of like that awareness wasn't really there before using the whoop strap. Um, the whoop journal allows you to track the decisions that you make during the day and the impact that those have on your recovery. And basically guys, whoop can help anyone perform better, whether it's preparing for a golf match. Yo, yeah. Race meeting, etc. Whoop can help plan out your day and make smarter lifestyle decisions to help you feel better than ever. And I can say I have definitely improved in a lot of areas there, whether even now when I walk 18, like I feel better, you know what I mean? And I think part of that is you're just focusing on your body's performance. And this is the tool that gives you the insight to do that. So please go check it out. Support the people that support us. Whoop.com. W-H-O-O-P. Enter code E-A-L at checkout to get 15% off.